Elton, these were very, very hard to come by. So was our cargo. You're uh, not about to plead poverty on me, are you, General? Just saying, very few people deal in cash nowadays. Just the ones don't like to keep business records. Yourself, for example. Drink, Elgin? Constantly. Doctors. Miss Vickers would like to have a quick word. Before the adventure begins. <laughs> wow, nice place. It's actually a separate module with its own self-contained life support. Air, food. Anything Miss Vickers would need to survive a hostile environment. Okay, so she lives on a lifeboat. Yes, I do. I like to minimize risk. David, why don't you make the doctors a drink? I'll take a vodka up. This is favorite. A man of taste. <laughs> Straight up. No ice, no water. Chaser. Walter, when in Rome. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 16 of uh, Hive Mind, the Xenomorphin podcast. A very special episode today where we discuss well, two of my favorite things beer and nerd stuff. <laughs> so, of course, I have uh, Ryan with me. What's up, Ryan? Hey, what's going on? And I got two special guests from uh, <clears throat> one of the best, if not the best, breweries uh, on Long Island. This one's in uh, Suffolk from Destination Unknown Brewery. What's up, fellas? How's it going? What's going on? All right. Welcome to the show. I know uh, this is both of your pretty much first podcast. So we have John and John. <laughs> <laughs> so we will uh, yes. you know, get to it. You guys excited? Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it, man. Nerd stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Two, two of my favorite things as well. I feel like maybe for the maybe for the sake of the podcast, I'll go by like JK or something. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Two jobs. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I well, was I the first we... John working there, so. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, right. John. John two doesn't flow. Doesn't yeah, flow. I used to, I, I I would refer to you as John two point but doesn't quite have a good ring to it. <laughs> mm. but, but JK yeah. works. So for <laughs> JK, that's it. This All right. Normal, so right? just having a sword on my shoulder. Yeah, yes. That's fine. Really normal. Uh, right? Okay. Cool. Yeah. We we right, so uh, prefer it actually. Say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wants to go first. Um, you know, what's your experience with Alien? How'd you get into it? Uh, you a big fan? So, um, my first experience was actually Aliens. Um, you know, with the advent of, uh, you know, the VHS, my father just was one of those people that recorded everything. Didn't watch a lot of it. Um, that's how I saw the original Dune. That's how I watched Aliens when I was uh, single digits. And, you know, quoting Game Over Man, at, you know, before my you know, voice <laughs> dropped. So, you know, great parenting, you know, on that. But, uh, you know. And, I mean, okay, first off, got Sigourney Weaver is just the ultimate badass. I, I have never watched one thing that she wasn't amazing in, in my opinion. Um, the rest of the movie could suck. But she would still be amazing. You know, between Alien, Aliens, the, the entire, you know, the entire alien franchise 
uh, as Dana Barrett and Ghostbusters, which is, as many people know, very near and dear to my heart, and I can't wait for the new one. And then uh, Galaxy Quest. Come on. That was just amazing. You know? That's, I love so, that movie. Yeah. Oh, God. That, I mean, I remember... She really was... She was like the badass woman character in movies before I feel like studio executives felt they had to have that character, like force that exactly. character. She yeah. was just a yep. badass. And you didn't have to, it didn't matter. She just was that's just who she was character and, mm-hmm. she, and she yeah. fucked people up and she was awesome. And I love mm-hmm. that about her. No shit and used a flamethrower. I mean, what I mean, how could I not <laughs> that's be it. That's it. <laughs> Nothing now, beats a woman with a flamethrower. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that got a lot of stuff going for me in my early years. <laughs> that did a lot for me. Have I ever heard one before? <laughs> um, I guess for, for me with Alien, I, I think it was just kind of in a heavy rotation of what was on TBS or one of those networks when I was young. Like it was Aliens, it was RoboCop, you know, Jurassic yes. Park. There's just a few of those movies. Terminator, and that was just... The shit that I just was, you know, completely drawn to early. And I think also like John, I think I saw Aliens first. Unless it was three. I saw the the scene with the uh, with the big suit and, you know, when she's fighting the, the xenomorph. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the yeah. first. Aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the first scene I saw. And then kind of went back and saw the first one. And, you know, for my young mind, it was a little, you know, this is slow. This is not something... I normally would be into but i just fell in love with the, the whole atmosphere mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I noticed that a lot with a lot of people that i mean including including myself aliens was the first one i saw and made me fall in love with the franchise uh then i saw the first alien and it was a, so much different but it was still awesome yeah. it's like oh it's like a survival horror yeah story yeah. this is great um but i love that you know, James Cameron decided to do something totally different with the second one rather than just trying to do Alien 2, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, because uh, how do you recapture that right horror aspect? The, the, mm-hmm. you know, the um, orders, the, you know, there's so many notes that Ridley Scott hit in that film. It's like he, James Cameron was so smart to make it an action sci fi, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know, at Gore Fest almost. Mm hmm. You know what else? I mean, because otherwise you're just trying to recreate it, and it's just like the uh, Kurtzman song "Art It's Hard." You got to recreate the misery to recreate the success, right? Yeah, you know? and and I and I I appreciate that immensely. Mm-hmm. That thought process, because you know, as a writer, mm-hmm. uh, so I often find like, oh, I wrote something. It's like, oh, I've written this in 14 different ways. So throw it out. We're done <laughs> here. You know, it's not worth it to anybody, myself included. Mm-hmm. So you have to. I really, really respect that in that. Uh, Creative decision that he that he did. Yeah, yeah. I'm just worried about what he's going to do with the next seven avatars <laughs> he's working on or something. You know? <laughs> oh, I mean, God. All he did was take you know John Carter from Mars or Dances with Wolves and just repackage it. Yeah, pretty much. That's what yeah. Avatar was. So <laughs> it was a fun flick, but I don't need 75 of them. Oh, I mean, yeah, we're gonna yeah, have. I, I don't to like 2030. I don't feel like it, yeah. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't feel like it holds up to me just because of the 3D aspect. Like, yeah. so the other day, for example, I watched Jason uh, Friday the 13th 3. And, mm. you know, my wife and I are watching it. And she's like, "This movie, why is this movie shot so weird? And I was like, well, it was shot as a 3D movie. So now that you watch yeah. it, 
and mm-hmm. there's just things getting projected yeah. at the camera for no reason. Look, yeah. even like and, uh, even like watching the first uh, first Captain America, you know, of the current Captain America and whatnot. Um, like the just gratuitous because that was yeah they did in three the gratuitous like the first time he throws the shield and it's just like just over the top with things exploding everywhere and it's just like slowly coming at you and I'm watching <laughs> right. on my HDTV yeah. in my living room it's like doesn't quite have the same appeal yeah. and to your point because the first Avatar no. it was specifically designed for 3D it wasn't post production conversion it was immersive everything was at IMAX so like I remember and I think that's why I saw it so many times because. At the time, I wasn't, you know, using any sort of, you know, marijuana or anything like that, and didn't actually drink nearly as much as I do now. I don't know how that. <laughs> you know, I just remember sitting in in Deer Park Outlet, you know, IMAX in 3D with those horrible yellow glasses that, you know, put so much pressure on your temples, and I had a headache, and just going like, I could touch, I could touch this shit, and it's like, oh wait, no, I'm just looking like a crazy person, mm-hmm. hands out in the air, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing how quickly that fad went away. The problem with that, yeah, yeah, it makes it a fleeting moment. You see it once, and it's never like that again. You'll yeah. never yeah. experience anything like yeah. that but again. If, so it loses if, most of the luster. But if you want to get really deep, I mean, that's any moment. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, man! <laughs> you right? all haven't really experienced me with whiskey. So that's all. I'm saying. You're right, though. Just. Just- yeah, <laughs> it does kind of date it though. Like you know, uh, I'm trying to think of that movie back in the the '80s where those kids, um, like the Russians, invade the U.S. and Red Dawn. Yes, Red Dawn. And uh, I also used to imagine like, blockbuster. So yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's a cool movie, but it's already dated because that whole cold war conflict stuff is all like in the past um so that's the problem with like you know with avatar it's just it's automatically now that 3d isn't really a thing anymore uh it kind of loses something you know when people watch it now um but the thing with the like the at least the first two alien films i think are like i mean they're timeless i think people will watch them 50 100 years from now and be like dude these movies are awesome Yeah. yeah Good solid yeah. storytelling, yeah. regardless of the packaging. If it's mm-hmm. a good story, if it's done well, mm-hmm. it will hold up. I mean, oh yeah, that's why the original Star Wars trilogy holds up. That's why Forbidden Planet holds up. The, the original Day of the Earth stood still. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan is still uh, amongst even people that aren't big Star Trek fans. Now I am, but that's still a movie that will always hold up. It's just mm-hmm. you know, good storytelling is good storytelling. That's why you know. Um, Lord of the Rings has been around since the 40s. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Dune is still around. It's well, you know, very much you know what? And like, actually, to, to your point, John, uh, Dave and I were talking about this the other day, actually. And just like you had to have good storytelling in those movies because of all the limitations. With yeah. Absolutely. Making, that Absolutely. You, like you couldn't just fall back on 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 dumb action scenes on this and that. It's, it's yeah. what made Jaws and Alien both such fantastic absolutely 40 years ago films. michael bay wouldn't have had a career yeah oh yeah 100 yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and don't get me wrong there's a time and place for michael bay, michael bay films that first transformers movie he did i'm not gonna lie as sad as it is to say this i fucking enjoy it <laughs> no i, I like enjoy the shit out of yeah, that movie it's, a, it's, it's a on hbo life. max yeah. i got really high a couple weeks ago and just went, yeah. yeah this is fun you know <laughs> yeah. and that was it because it was just you know turn your brain it off and watch things go explode 
I said it should have been Voltron, though. Like they should have. Have you watched the Netflix Voltron movies for Voltron? <laughs> Seriously, if you ever Voltron watched is the, the shit, it's no. no did you watch the new one on Netflix? <laughs> Seriously, it's amazing. No, no, no. I'm strictly no, no. 80s Voltron. John? <laughs> okay, that's like saying you're strictly 80s Joel. Okay, like. <laughs> All right, and there's a beer named that by another brewery. So no, there's, no, there's no other Billy Joel. <laughs> His better work was in the seventies. <laughs> but do yourself a favor. Humor the practical me, John. effects too. Watch the re- mm-hmm. watch the first episode of the rebooted Voltron. If you that don't good, think huh? that, I'm surprised. I haven't watched it yet either. Okay. All right. What's wrong okay, with I'll you? add that to my never-ending list. <laughs> oh man. I think my my watch list is at in triple digits now. It yeah. just keeps every time I want to watch a movie, I'm like, yeah, I'll just play a video game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I enjoy adding to movie lists than I do to actually watch. Movies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw. You know what? This is very fitting. You know what? Actually, this is a good. Uh... I saw a meme the other day. It's like you know, interacting with people in your 30s is like. Oh, I you know talking about shows that you haven't watched. Be like, I'm just gonna add that to my list. And yeah. then at the end of the conversation, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of fitting that we're talking. About this, so. I just want to show people how big my list is. You know, wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> I'll add that to uh, my very, it's my very impressive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I actually um, on Alien. I gotta say, it, this just made me think of it when you spoke of video games. Alien got me down the road to like be into Silent Hill video games that yes. survive yes. that concept, which opened yes. up so much of horror for me. So it mm-hmm. really like now that I think about it, those games Alien are really up. opened up that door for me. Yeah. Oh, they're <clears throat> phenomenal. And mm-hmm. Alien opened that door for me to get into horror in general. And it eases you in because it's a yeah. it's not I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's not overly gory or this no. and that, but it's just perfect horror and you mm-hmm. just feel something yeah, it's and space. that started that <laughs> down that road yeah yeah there you go <laughs> yeah a lot of the pretty much i mean a lot of those uh horror films since then have been really inspired by alien i think and yeah. you know even if they're not sci-fi horror there's you get the the killer being whether it's a person or something else and tight corridors and you know uh, minimal weaponry and things like that or and just um, people slowly getting killed off one by one and it's just uh yeah alien has inspired so much since then i think it will continue to and and also aliens has inspired sci-fi action films since then big time oh absolutely yeah yeah so it's I mean, it was cool. Rifle is on my list of favorite sci- sci-fi or fa- you know, fictional weaponry. I should right. Say. Yeah. You um, ordered the Nerf, right? The Nerf. No, rifle? because you know I have other things I have to pay for. <laughs> What's more important than a Nerf pulse rifle? <laughs> um, <laughs> Get your priorities. The question. <laughs> you know, like paying for oil and the water Fine. bill and electric. Jeez. Oh, All right. You know, trying to be adultish because I'm never going to be an adult. I'm 38 going on no, nine. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, adulting's overrated, or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I got to say, you know, the funny thing about horror films for me is mo- 90% of them are wasted on me. And mm. for a couple reasons. Um, first, I've only ever been scared by two movies. 
and you're going to notice theme immediately. Killer clowns from outer space and, and it. All right. Um, so for, aid, somehow yeah. in the 80s, you know, back when they, you know, Cablevision had to go on the pole to change what channels you can get because you didn't box. Um, somehow just HBO got turned on for my entire block. <laughs> for like 20 years in my childhood house, we had HBO that we never oh. It was amazing. But so that's how I went <laughs> up. You were going to say like 30 minutes. No, no, like 20 years of free eight, eight years. <laughs> you know, like, so, so now I remember one day watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space and the bathroom scene. What a great movie. The bathroom scene. Like, I was <laughs> terrified of the hamper in my bathroom because of that movie. And then, you know, I see it. And so, Amazing. you know, so I was definitely terrified of clowns for a little while. And then, I don't know, somewhere around, you know, somewhere around, I don't know, 10 or 12, I got over it, and then I saw Evil Dead 2. Mm. And then I could never take another horror movie seriously again, because <laughs> in the back of my head is just Bruce Campbell with the one-liners. You know, like, <laughs> back in 2000, when they released The Exorcist for the big screen, I'm there with a bunch of friends. My then-girlfriend is digging her nails into my arm. Like, I had, it, like, fingernail imprints for hours, <laughs> almost like a day after that. I jumped at one moment, because there was silence on the phone rang. It caught me off guard. The rest of the movie, <laughs> I'm just laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing and everybody else is like gasping and freaking out. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> so, you know, or, you know, when like all the, yeah. final, the, the first final destination came out, a good friend of mine was sitting in the movie theater with our friends and we literally plotted out the order of the deaths and we were correct 100%. Nice. So it's like, so, <laughs> wow. so that's my problem. Those are fun. Exactly. Yeah. But, they are. you know, I'd rather, I'd rather marathon the entire extended Lord of the Rings and I've done that. Because mm-hmm. I'm a masochist. <laughs> well, there we go. We're the extended cuts. The rings are in. Oh yeah. Oh really? <laughs> yes. bit, no, you... my friends and I literally. You got you. You do it as a day event. You start with breakfast and fellowship, lunch, two towers, dinner, return of the king. Well, if you're doing Lord of the Rings, you have to do two breakfasts, don't you? Yeah, it's second breakfast. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> but, I mean, all. I, I love the Lord of the Rings movies and the the Hobbit movies. The Hobbit movies were my season eight of Game of Thrones. They fucked up. They Welcome like took to the away the, all of the good credit that the Lord of the Rings movies had. Because yeah, a Hobbit lot of Lord of the Rings fans have said the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable what they did. To mm-hmm. this. Like the Hobbit yeah. is the best to me. The best book I've read it a dozen times, and they just butchered it so horribly. Ugh. And the biggest. The biggest two problems I want to talk about Hobbit real quick is first off, Tolkien, a credit to his ability as a writer, as a linguist, as just the genius he was, he wrote on a completely different narrative. So as a writer, I know how hard it is to change the tonality of your voice. And like, even when, you know, going back and looking at stuff I wrote 20 years ago, I'm like, how did I used to write like this? And now I'm writing like that. How do I get back to this? So that's why when Guillermo del Toro was supposed to direct The Hobbit, I was like, thank fucking God. Because it's, you need a different voice, a different set of eyes, you know? And so then, all right, you find out that that fell through and I was crushed. And it's like, all right, well, Peter Jackson did a great job with Lord of the Rings. Like, I was like, all right, you know, this might work. And then you find out they're doing three movies and you went, the fuck are you doing? Oof, yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. literally read that Uh-oh. book in a handful yeah, of hours. Yeah. You know, like, there's no and, need for three And then you're, you're throwing in characters no. that weren't in the book. Okay, yeah, all right, sure. Legolas was probably around Mirkwood because he's the prince of fucking Mirkwood. <laughs> he didn't talk about his ass. 
So why am I looking at Orlando Bloom looking weird because he's now what, 10, 15 years older and they're trying to make him look the same age because he's supposed right. to be timeless. And his face, because it's what happens when you get older, his face then, is fuller. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. him, him and uh him and the woman from Lost are, are trying to fuck, and it gets it just falls. And off. she's a character that doesn't even exist. <laughs> and I love Evangeline yeah. Lily. I'm saying she can oh, do yeah, no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> and the loss is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, actually, I have a for uh Ryan and Dave. What about you guys? I'm sure you've talked about this on your own podcast, but <laughs> Alien and aliens, like how did that come in to you? And I don't want to. I'm sure you're repeating the story, but I'm just curious. It's fine. Uh, um, to get back to Alien, where <laughs> good, good, good job circling back there, uh, Jay. That was a good veteran <laughs> podcast move. You're natural. I, that was the that was the bartender. I listened uh, to I listened to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> true. You did tell me. That. Well done, sir. Well done. Um, for me, I thank you. Well, I guess we're all the same. Um, aliens was my. Um, my first, I just remember uh, it was on TV and I just flipped it on. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I had never seen anything like this before. Uh, you know, the Marines were cool. And me being the, even at a young age, the sick fuck I am, I saw the <laughs> alien creatures and I just went, whoa, <laughs> these things are beautiful. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. So I watched Aliens over and over. And then mm-hmm. again, to, I guess we're all very similar. I just discovered Alien. I'm like, oh, there's one before this? And, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. I watched that and though I didn't appreciate it as much, I saw the, the like, when they find that derelict spaceship, oh, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's still mm-hmm. obsessed with, like, obsessed with that scene. And when I replayed it, when I was playing Alien Isolation, I think I played that board. I'd get bored, bored of that board. i get bored and then play that board. You know, I would just <laughs> boot up that stage. And just play the scene of just walking to the, the the derelict, and just the the wonder and like the so like Ryan said before, there. How often do franchises have an original and a sequel that are two of the most copied movies of all time? It's mm-hmm. unheard of. Yeah, completely right. unheard of. <laughs> and you have one, like you said, you have a you know a pretty much an art house alien Jaws haunted house movie. Another one, you just have like a a straight up action movie. And with tons of, you know, tents, you have two completely different flavors. Mm-hmm. And right. it just, I was just, I was obsessed with the, the creatures and the life cycle. And then that turned me on to HR, uh, you know, HR Giger. And I was like, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm done. I'd never seen <laughs> that before ever. I was just hooked. I was just hooked. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. You know, I, on a... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I am speaking nonsense, please. <laughs> well welcome to uh, welcome we, to my show welcome to we like show. nonsense nonsense is great go ahead <laughs> um <Our> we're specialty <laughs> yeah so again yeah i saw a old friend from high school invite me over to watch aliens i'd never heard of it before and i remember i was just told from the start i was just engrossed in this film even though i didn't have the first film um, background to go on it was still like the story held up just by itself and there was just it was just so fun the acting was great the uh bill paxton was freaking hilarious and uh yeah and it was so intense i mean i remember watching the the ambush scene in the 
atmospheric processor and that whole sequence that's still to me one of the yeah. best thrilling uh action scenes i've ever seen in any movie perfect and yeah it is it's so it's flawless and uh and yeah so they'll i just i fell in love with it and then came back a different day different weekend or whatever to watch the first alien and i also loved that even though it was very different and yeah so i was just hooked on this franchise and then alien 3 came out i I think it was probably still was that 1992 and so i was probably 10 when it came out Um, so i don't i don't think i saw it for a few years but it was also quite a bit different but i still some reason I, I couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> I was just like, I watched it a few times, I think yeah. just cause it's so, so interesting. And David Fincher also went kind of a different route and there's so much behind the scenes no, yeah. problems, <laughs> development, hell it went the through movie itself. and just for Not it to sure. come out as well as it did with all that was just surprising and then you know resurrection came out and i'm not a fan anymore so i'm just kidding (laughs) for me i never saw alien 3 until i was in my teens yeah Mm -hmm. and at that point a good friend of mine in in high school and whatnot had lent me uh, a trade paperback of a comic series that followed what happened to you know newt ripley and hicks you know after the fact and and it's they're on earth and aliens have actually overrun the planet Mm-hmm. And so now, and now, story. now I'm going to try and watch Alien Three in the first five minutes. They're dead, yeah. Except for Ripley, and I'm like, "Well, fuck this! <laughs> like, I want no part of this bullshit. <laughs> like, this is a le- much less interesting story to me." Um, and Resurrection was just, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't n- never never heard of that movie. I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, like I was uh, is is Alien versus Predator? Is that canon? I need no, to know. no, it's not. It's complete. It's its own thing. Its own thing. It, it really okay. Separate. I was gonna I, say because if that links both of those worlds, yeah. Else. Like, yeah. I think. They, I well, think I mean, because they, they tease to, the okay. link in Predator Two yeah. mm-hmm. when Danny Glover's on the ship and you see the skull of the of the xenomorph right. and whatnot. So they tease that way back when. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Alien versus Predator movies are just garbage. Oh, oh yeah. First yeah, one's I fun. Wonder, the first one's if fun. Ca- if, if it's canon, then technically. Jesse the Body Ventura does not exist in the alien universe. He is, <laughs> yeah, he is a, a commando. <laughs> so it's a, it opens a whole can of worms, you know. Who who is governing Minnesota? <laughs> oh, Good segue. Speaking of a can of worms, here we go. What do you two gentlemen think of the prequels, Prometheus and Covenant? Mm. Uh, I didn't bother with Covenant because Prometheus was so awful in my mind. Oh. And and I'm going to give you the one reason that I think that movie is a flying piece of garbage. It's the worst shit in the world because of one person, David Damon fucking Lindelof. The worst thing that ever fucking happened to science fiction. All right? Yeah. Star Trek in the Darkness, lost. Anything he gets his fucking greasy little hands on is a piece of shit. All right? <laughs> Fuck that guy. Should so, not be allowed not a fan, to tell huh? a story whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, I love Lost. <laughs> I like Lost. I knew they were, I'm a, I'm knew they were dead from the first episode. Even Tomorrowland. No, he wrote is, Tomorrowland. He that, that movie was just a mess. I don't know if you saw that, but <laughs> yes. I was like kind of looking forward to it. Um, 
So that's always my favorite part of Disneyland is the the futuristic part, the Tomorrowland. I was like, okay, I'll give it a whirl. But then I found <laughs> out he wrote it, and I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> that movie has so much potential. Anyway. It did, yeah, and it Infinite just potential. He should not be allowed to touch anything. He yeah. lived up to none of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Come on, uh, like uh, yo, well, yeah, he's involved in Star Trek yeah. Into Darkness, and everybody's like, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> is in con. Are you fucking kidding me? It's fucking con. All right. And you want to talk about, you know, franchises, you know, uh, cannibalizing their own history? Yeah. You know, it was just, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that was bad. The third of those reboots was the best, in my opinion, because fucking Simon Pegg. I love Pegg the third wrote one. It. Simon Pegg wrote it. It was the only one that felt like Star Trek. <laughs> you know, and then, yeah. before, you know, and then the untimely passing of Anthony Elgin, and that, that was fucking awful. Yeah. You know, he was oh, fantastic. Yeah. His checkup and anything else he ever did. Like, yeah yeah that's what you do yeah all right guys we are yeah. a we're a star trek podcast now right. <laughs> john i gotta get you together with uh the one of other hosts uh, uh mike canada mike as we call him because we have another i just have people with the same names apparently you two would you guys could talk you guys could probably have your own and you might i don't know if you want you probably you two and holter the the star trek you and canada mike could talk alone I'd love to see you guys get together and talk Star so, Trek. <laughs> I've said before that the amount of useless information in this head, mostly Star Trek. If I could replace it with, like, let's say physics, you know, I would change the fucking world. But unfortunately, because of my father, it's Star Trek and Star whatever other sci-fi film ever came out. Yeah. I, was, I, I didn't have a choice. Just beat into me as a child. Yeah. You probably yeah, could have I'm discovered time travel by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you gotta do is you know, warp around the sun and save some whales. And fine. That's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. On a com- I'm walking away from Star Trek, Don. All right. I'm, I'm oh, going to talk okay. about something other than Star Trek. All right. I don't, I don't believe it. <laughs> have you ever, have either of you ever watched The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension? Maybe once no, years I, ago. I think it's a part of it. That's with Peter Weller, right? Oh, yeah. He's Buckaroo Peter Banzai. Weller. Jeff Goldblum, um, was it on Prime? Yen, uh, was it Yancy Buller that who played the Kurgan in Highlander? Um, yes, so many, different, yeah. Um, Christopher, uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, oh, John Lithgow, I think it's John Lithgow, too. yeah. That's on Prime. So, all right, mm-hmm. do yourself a favor and watch that, but you got to watch it, yeah, like you're on cocaine and reading a comic. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Oh, I added to the it. list. I know. I got to add that one. <laughs> no, but you should actually watch that one. I've heard. Yeah, right. Don't just add it to the list. But, uh, yeah, no, I've been. I, I wanted to see that. Oh, There's a lot of 80s sci-fi TV ones I've been wanting to see. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, JK? What do you think of the uh, the prequels? All right. So Prometheus. Let's start there. I, I must have fallen out of the alien zeitgeist for lack of a better term in like the early 2000s whatever i Good word. keep up Cheers. well thank you i don't know <laughs> I what think was, it was going the right on <laughs> my friends they're like you want to go see prometheus i knew nothing about it i'm like okay aliens i'm into it uh, whatever it is people go to another planet so we watched the whole movie and looking back there are clues that this is obviously an alien movie mm-hmm. but i had no idea at the time yeah. so the very last scene of the movie when when the two, the humanoid alien and the other thing, when they, when they fuck or whatever, and then you see the xenomorph, I, I just like, 
walked out of this movie, I was like, wait, what the fuck? This was an <laughs> alien movie? <laughs> and I was like, there was a couple times during it where I'm like elbowing my buddy when I can't remember her name in the movie when she's giving herself surgery. Shaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to take the thing. Yeah, Shaw. And again, these are probably very obvious things, but at the time, I'm like, is this, that, like, this reminds me of Alien. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. strange. You know, and like, there's a couple things happening throughout, and then that happened at the end. I was like, what, what the fuck? I was like, this is the sh- strangest marketing. I was like, did it, did it say anywhere? And so no. I was confused, to say the least, but uh, the first half of the movie I love. When they mm-hmm. find the ancient civilization, when you see that hologram run by... Yeah. All that stuff is really fun, like cool horror, exactly the kind of stuff I'm into. And I loved it. And then I feel like it kind of, it, it got, I don't know, a little, it ran on a bit. It was a bit, yeah, maybe, yeah. And then, I mean, if we're talking about the second one, I think Dave and I spoke about this. Same concept, the first half, yeah. I enjoyed it, set it up really well. And then it got very convoluted, and w- which is yeah. fine, but it dragged out for such an amount of time that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm genuinely bored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah you know, the world building. I'm like, common. okay, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Lindelof was brought in. Well, it's John Spates wrote the original script for Prometheus, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be a direct prequel to alien. So it was a lot more, it would have been a lot more obviously tied in. And then Ridley Scott was like, no, I want to, you know, make it a little bit less of a tie-in. He just basically wanted to do his own thing and explore the engineers and AI more. So he brought in Lindelof. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. Lindelof, uh, he just decided, or he had to make these things a little bit less obvious and, you know, make it a sort of alien prequel. (laughs) And and I think just, I think that was a mistake. You know, I think um, I think it probably would have. I never read that. I know the engineers, alien engineer script is out there. I've never read it. Yeah, it's good. But but, uh, I think it I think it would have been better to just make it a direct prequel. But I think Ridley Scott wanted to basically make a trilogy and but Covenant failed so bad. That probably won't ever happen. And so, yeah, I think the coolest part. Yeah, the, to me, the coolest part of Covenant was, and it was in the trailer of the Xenomorph like jumping onto the windshield, if you'd call it yeah, that, yeah. the spaceship. Mm-hmm. The, and to the, me, I was like, this movie's going to be fantastic. The backburster mm-hmm. scene was cool, too, when the fucking, when the Neomorphs or the, the white aliens are born. That mm-hmm. was cool as shit, too. Yeah. yeah. But, and it was funny, because yeah. that, um, that year I saw um, on Alien Day, that's April 26th, I don't know if you guys are nerdy enough where you're <laughs> part of that, but, um, they they showed I actually alien. did not know that. No. <laughs> uh, there you go. They showed alien on the big screen. So I went to whatever the Regal uh, mm. over here in a Deer Park and watched it. And they had the thing before the movie, they showed you parts of they showed you a scene from Covenant. And for some reason, like it was cool. They showed the big scene with the thing being born. I'm like, why would you waste the best scene in the yeah, you know, to show it as a sneak preview? I'm like, all right, this is awesome. But I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. And that, and now, that was it. That was the precipice. <laughs> yeah. like, the, like Covenant, I was discussing with some people um, the other day. I enjoy talking about it more than I do almost watching it now because some of the themes and uh, the meanings mm-hmm. of it are pretty cool. Um, 
But as a movie, I try, like, I'll get hyped for it, I'll watch it, and then after a certain part, I'm like, fuck. And when it turns into deaf, deaf robot comedy jam, it's like, all right, just... <laughs> <laughs> all right so you know now i now i feel like i have to actually watch this watch Covenant yeah, ju- just if, yes just so you now i'm just just from your description of everything yeah. i'm i'm morbidly curious yeah, yeah. But, you know i think I ultimately i mean having only seen prometheus i think ultimately the problem with prequels is that sometimes you should just leave the mystery yeah things mm-hmm. you know, yep. like you know the the importance uh you know like yeah. you know, uh, star wars prequels you know mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and, and if you're gonna, was that? Face? I said Han Solo. That solo. The solo. I love the Solo movie. Oh, still, still. No, I'm, I'm not talking about Solo. Was great. One <clears throat> yes. was great. Okay. I'm talking okay. about uh, Phantom we'll Menace back. to. I'm talking about <laughs> Phantom Menace to Revenge of the Sith. Oh yeah. Right. And I'm talking about how sometimes. So, you know, first off, let's talk about the fact that Empire Strikes Back is most people's favorite Star Wars movie, and George Lucas didn't direct it. There's a reason. Great creative mind. I should not direct shit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Indiana Jones created it. Spielberg directed it. Willow created it. Ron Howard directed it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's you know it's like all right, yeah, okay. Darth Vader fell to the dark side. I don't need to see three movies about political fallout and then you know him killing Yingling. I just said Yinglings. <laughs> yeah. mm. He might have. Yeah, I've seen that meme too many times. Uh, yeah, that's what I was. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought of too. Holy shit! You might have. I'm only on my fourth glass of whiskey. I'm not. I'm not even buzzed. Yet. I can't speak. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but it's just you know, it's like I mean, it's cool to know how things started, but sometimes going back, like you're you're, you're just trying to do too much, and there's not there's too much time risk involved. It, yeah, you know, and what, why why try to you know, uh, put some bad spin on a perfect movie or franchise. You might as well, you're, you're almost safer going with a sequel. So if you could just, you know, you might get yeah. more leniency in terms of people criticizing you. All right, this is, they're expanding on this. Or mm-hmm. instead of going, let's explain what happened before. No, 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 no. We, most, most of the time, we don't need that. Like I've argued before There's in no... Covenant, I'm sorry, go. No, no. I was gonna say there's no satisfying way to give an origin story, and, and no, it's, you're I'll never gonna win solo shortly unless you start with it. <clears throat> yeah, yes. it's just yeah. It, they mm-hmm. every single thing that was part of Han Solo's mystique happened in one week in a movie. It was like, here's your name. You did the castle run. Here's Chewbacca. He's your buddy, and blah, blah, and it's just like oh, they actually well, you know. they actually talk about how it's much later after he leaves Coruscant. All right, I'm sorry, Corellia, not Coruscant. Coruscant's the, uh, the home of the Empire. How can you uh, make that they, mistake? <laughs> God damn it, John! I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go paddle myself with the sword now, and, yeah. you know, and make yeah. him now. You're off the podcast. <laughs> Man, I guess I gotta work now. Oh, yeah, I gotta do that anyway. I am surprised they haven't made a Jaws prequel with a baby shark and Quint. In like Quint falling off uh, the U.S. Dude. as Indianapolis. And you just, just said like, Baby Shark, and now I have that fucking the... song in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that'll be in the Thanks. Don't the, the trailer any ideas. The trailer would have Baby Shark, but slowed down. I say, no, I just and imagine really Baby Shark <laughs> as composed by John Williams. 
original the whole story was scary. Wait till you hear the origin. <laughs> yeah, we don't need Quint in the water in the Pacific falling off the USS yeah. Indianapolis and a tiny <laughs> shark bumping his leg and then making eye contact. We don't, you know, it's just sometimes you can leave the mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well said. All right, so we think we've talked enough nerd stuff for now. Let's talk. Um, let's talk beer. I think you two might have a little bit. What's little beer? Bit of, uh, <laughs> I think those are in the woods, and they shit. Oh no, it's beer. Um, <laughs> so um, I guess, I guess, uh, John, you can start off. Um, so tell us what your role is at Destination Home Brewery. Um, um. How long have you been into beer, et cetera, et cetera? Give us your origin story. <laughs> All right, go. All right. Well, okay. So if you really want the origin story of how I became a professional brewer, I was in February of 2016. I was hired by Oyster Bay to become their Suffolk County salesperson. Um, they fired me in June. Yeah, uh, I'm just because I'm not the kind of person that's going to turn around and open 95 accounts. I'm the type of person that's going to go and make five really good relationships. And then the next five good relationships and so on and so forth. And it just didn't feel what's for me. You know, the owners, Ryan and Gabe, who are still friends of mine and, uh, you know, uh, who then let me go as their salesperson. And then four days later, I started learning how to run a 15 barrel brew house. <laughs> sense. Uh, I'm an anomaly when it comes to this because you don't start that way. If you're not an mm-hmm. owner, you start by cleaning kegs or scrubbing floors or learning how to cycle a tank. I did that after I learned how to brew beer professionally. Um, and which is kind of just how I go through life. It's like, uh, throw me to the wolves and I'm just going to figure it out. And lo and behold, turned out I had a knack for it. I was there. I was the lead brewer at Oyster Bay for a couple of years. Uh, March 26th of 2018, I started my first day at a station owned beer company uh, as Chris, our owner and founder, uh, you know, the head chooch in charge, as we uh, refer to him, or El Jefe, <laughs> but with an H, like a half a Y's and not a J's in Spanish. Um, uh, you know, I, I came on with him because, you know, I, I met him about, um, about two or three weeks after I started brewing. And, uh, you know, it's right in Bayshore. It's literally four miles from where I, I currently live. And he looked at me and was like, you live in Iceland, Paris, and you've never been to my brewery. And I, and I kind of just went, <laughs> like walked away so two days later i walked in the door and went man it'd be really good to work this close to home and right we started yeah. as a joke and then over the course of you know becoming a bar stool there and getting to know everybody and you know getting to become good friends with chris realized that we have a very similar approach to creation we're both foodies we both love to experiment you know we we both love the whole collaborative effort there's a lot of there's haven't done it yet, but one of these days, and it's actually very apropos that I'm saying this right now, I'm going to brew a beer called Hive Mind because other times where I'll say some, I'll have a thought and I'll tell him and he, and he's like, I was thinking the same thing or vice versa. Like, you know, I said to him the, yeah, I said to him recently, I was like, it's been too long since you and I got drunk and just wrote a beer recipe off the cuff. So we got to do that again. <laughs> said, you know, some of the, you know, some beers we've done that. And those are some of my favorite beers we ever designed. And, um, you know, and, he gave me a lot of freedom to to exercise my creativity and mm-hmm. be outlandish, and uh, and you know now as the company's growing and you know they'll soon be making announcements and big news going on with the company. I have taken over the day to day responsibility of running the business, uh, running the production, I should say. Uh, I am the production manager or head brewer, depending on who tells you what. 
Yeah. Uh, me, I'm just a guy that loves what I do. I get to make, I get to create beer, which I love, and I get to mm-hmm. watch various people enjoy the fruit of my labor. And that it's one of the most rewarding things that you can do for a career because of that fact. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I will say it's very weird for me at this point because I don't go anywhere and go, I'm done from Dubco. That's not how, that's not how <laughs> I carry myself. It never will be. It's, hey, I brewed Dubco. And then other people will talk about what I do. And, and so that's weird because in recently, specifically like the last two weeks, I've had a lot of people like fangirl or fanboying over me, like outside of the building. <laughs> I just know who I am. And I'm like, why do you, why are you, why? like, I'm like almost missing the height of the pandemic where it's like a mask and like it's cold out. So I got a hat on. It's like all you're seeing is this. And like people don't know me if I'm wearing a non Dubco clothing item. Mm. So that's great. That's um, a great yeah. It was the best. Like, you know, uh, but you know, the other day I'm at the deli getting breakfast for my dad. And guy walks in, I hear great beer, dude. And I'm like, I look, I look down before I look at the guy. I'm, like, I'm just wearing a black t shirt. It doesn't even say Dubco. And I'm like, that's awesome you're local celebrity so so it's uh it's 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 been a very rewarding experience um you know i've been involved in alcohol in some way for the last 15 years or Mm -hmm. so you know eventually i want to learn how to distill you know i'm supposed Mm -hmm. to do uh uh, pete the head distiller better man over in patchock and i are have been talking about a wheat whiskey we're we're designing so hopefully that's going to find its way into barrel sometime in january and uh you know, and this is how I met Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, through not just making the beer, but also serving it. You know, whenever <laughs> I can, and uh, for the extra money, and <clears throat> here we are. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that's awesome. Indulging the beer too. <laughs> yeah. I I came in to Dubco to Destination Unknown, kind of I guess the opposite side of John. I uh, I run the tasting room. So I am the front of house person where he's making the beer, which, mm-hmm. and I'm behind the bar. And that leads to many, con- like at least three times a day, people being like, Hey, this beer is great. Good job. And I have to go, I don't make it at all. I just pour <laughs> it for you. I facilitate you drinking it. You know, that's my goal. <laughs> but I came from the opposite end of it. I, uh, I'm in Huntington. I bartended for the last decade in all different kinds of bars. I got my start at Paramount uh, Music Venue. Uh, that's how I learned how to bartend. I was a bar back there. Got called up one day. My first day ever bartending was sold out Dropkick Murphy. So it's like 17, 1800 people. Wow. And they threw me to the, threw me to the wolves. And <laughs> I, I couldn't be happier with that being the way I learned. Mm-hmm. I just, I have a hundred people staring at me. I want something right now, you know, and, and you just have to put your head down and go. And that's, figure that's, it out. <laughs> that's it. And I was at the Paramount for nine years. Uh, I went from an usher to a bar back bartender, head bartender, and I eventually managed the venue. Uh, from there, the pandemic hit, mm. shut down, obviously. So I was out of work. And the whole time I was doing that, I was, you know, I had bartended it craft cocktail places, wine places. I worked at a beach bar when I lived in Puerto Rico. I've done like every kind of bartending except working in a brewery. So mm-hmm. pandemic hits, I'm out of work. Uh, my good friend, John, this is a third John now. We're introducing. But no, he's, a, he's a shifty John though. He doesn't have an agent. <laughs> no, he's, you can't uh, trust he, Yeah, he's the Jonathan 
very, you know, it's, it's <laughs> but he uh, works for a canning line. He cans beer uh, for a bunch of breweries and wineries and all kinds of stuff around Tri-State area. Uh, and he actually just brewed his first beer, uh, State Green Brewery. I'm going to plug him nice. right now. Nice. He just put out his first beer this week. It's phenomenal. It's called Mind Gold. So you're going to start seeing it around. But anyway, uh, so he introduced me. He knew Chris and John, and, and he was canning for Dubco before they got their own canning line. Uh, he called me one day. He said, hey, they need a bartender. I had been out of work for six months at this point. Mm-hmm. I was sitting at home. I became a very good baker. I had never done that before. Uh, I started baking and you know, cooking a lot, and my wife loved that. So <laughs> <laughs> I finally get an opportunity, and I started Dubco bartending two days a week and uh you know i I mean coming from the the resume i had i had managed paramount for three years prior to that so it was maybe six months into uh bartending they asked me to manage and so now i manage the place and uh so you know john and i are kind of the two opposite pillars of the place you know in a sense (laughs) that that, that holds it up he (laughs) manages the, the production side i manage the front of house side and uh, together we make sure you can all drink it. You know? <laughs> yeah, nice, nice, nice yin and yang. That's it. <laughs> That's awesome. Now that background that Dave has is was that set up at Dubco during the pandemic, or has it always been like that? Uh, no. The, so the tents, the tents were once the world started opening, and, and oh, we okay, more seating because the tasting room itself is very small. Oh, I see. Um, okay. So you know. So, so the building where Dubco is, it at one point the whole building was a body shop, and at one point the whole building became a bakery. Then half the building became a CrossFit gym. One quarter <laughs> of the building was a bakery, and one quarter of the building was Dubco. Oh um, wow! <laughs> and January of 2018, a couple months before I came on, CrossFit gym left the south side of the building. Those two bays. Yeah. Dubco took ownership of it. Uh, they took uh, possession of the brew house I currently brew on. It's a 10 barrel system, two vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we then, you know, retrofitted and made it, you know, space we needed to be able to brew in. Mm-hmm. And then in July of 2018, our production on that side of the building. So, you know, so from 2018 to now, we've been three quarters of that building. And then the other quarter is this Hispanic bakery. Um, that loves Jesus. Oh, great. Um, they really do. They yeah. really <laughs> love Jesus. Very um, big banner about their, it. it their literally, Jesus love. Like we always said, man, I really wish they would just move anywhere else so we could take over that other core of the building because <laughs> yeah. in a perfect world, that other core of the building would become the brand new tasting room. You know, from right. front to back. I have like a yeah, whole yeah. vision, which makes no sense because I don't know the place or have the money doing this. <laughs> um, and then John and I could start uh, stop arguing over what to do with the space that was the original three barrel production side because <laughs> of yeah. i'm like no 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 this is my space he's like no no no, i gotta see people i'm like no 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 i gotta make beer to the it. so it's back and forth yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um yeah he's probably right too i mean the beer has to get made for people to come to drink it but exactly oh. if there is no beer nobody's coming to drink <laughs> just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. fine <laughs> Um, but I will but fight so, for my I so, will fight for my Meridian line, you know, my, uh, <laughs> my Mason Dixon line. <laughs> you, you'll try. 
<laughs> um, so when when they first when you know creepy Cuomo eyes uh, first started talking about you know opening New York again, um, we had like two weeks to figure out where the fuck are we going to put people to adhere to all the different rules that started rolling out and mm. and not knowing how things were going to work and at first and honestly at first it was easy because we just we put a barricades we got security and at first you didn't have to sit there was no snacks mm. and the next thing yeah. you know, it's like well then you got your sit your ass down you gotta have snack yeah and the whole Cuomo chips and all that bullshit and uh, you know and so thankfully uh, one of Chris's oldest friends in the world runs a party company on the side. So, mm-hmm. thing, so we were very quickly able to get tents up and start to you know, define the space as it mm-hmm. were. Um, and while all of this is happening, I still didn't even work here yet for another <laughs> three months. I was sitting at home making donuts and this is all going on. Yeah, <laughs> and, honestly, John, uh, I think you were winning because yeah. that sounds amazing to me. It was it cool, but you know what? From From being in this industry, I think something cool about the service industry, or maybe not cool, maybe it's a sickness, but it's just the, <laughs> the need to constantly be doing something. It's, I think mm-hmm. it works. No idea, it's what I draws, nah. I mean, it's what draws people to the service industry. You just like, yeah. how can I distract my mind for yeah. as long as possible? Yeah. And that's I why I started marketing. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you, how many like times on the weekend, every time on the weekend when you're bartending, do you see me just walk in the back and start doing shit? yeah it's my day off and and, you know are you here (laughs) and for the first maybe three months i worked there i didn't get it and then when i became a manager now i just wander in when i'm not Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to do shit on the other side let me move these signs around let me you know let me find something to keep improving this because and because yeah because you're you're trying to set yourself up to do better the next time you're in and so on and that's i think why we flourish Mm mm-hmm yeah. Yes. And it's something it's a it's a credit to our owners. You know, Chris and Jen are great. And, um, you know, the faith they put in us to make the production happen, to make the front of house happen. And it's a uh, it's a good chemistry. We have like a real skeleton crew at yep. Destination Unknown. Mm-hmm. And uh, and every one of us there is super passionate. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody shows up, you know, it's and, and everybody shows up yeah. to do. You know, not only what we're paid to do, but what we are passionate about, um, and and that totally comes through on a team on the full scope of everybody involved, from you know from the top to the bottom to the most senior person to the most junior person. Everybody mm-hmm. shows up. Everybody's passionate about the place. You know, we all we we all love our customer our our core of customers i mean one of the things that i truly love yeah, having dave is, start- a, is a great customer yeah. <laughs> but but thank you thank but you. Like, thank you the bulk of the dub club members you know like <laughs> dave john halter another john uh build you know or john four right. yeah yeah <laughs> no, but no he's john three because shoes is shoes all right Steve, halter Nick, was going to double before i was uh, the other neck so he whole, should actually probably be john one just yeah, saying there's a lot of nicks a lot of john we we're very squad. we got a we lot of nicks, long yeah. islands going yeah on. a lot of long yeah, exactly yeah. so yeah. but, but you, so, you guys you guys make it that's why we come back is the the vibe you guys have always brought there. It's like you said, uh, John, you guys, you could feel 
everyone brings their top game every day. Like I've my every time I talk about you guys, I say the same fucking uh, uh, song. Like you go to other breweries, they're good. We'll have the menu, whatever. Twelve up. You try. You do a couple flights. I don't know. For four of the eight or three of the eight are really good. The rest they're okay, but they're just filler. You guys, you'll have a menu of a dozen beers, and they're all quality. It's not. Hmm. There's not, everything is made with. You can tell it's made with effort, not just the not just the fill a fucking menu. You know, mm. it's, it's it's delicious, and there's something for whatever your taste is, and and the vibe you guys have there. Like it's it feels like it's a very welcoming place. Whether you know whoever's working, and like when I hear new customers come in, I'll even hear them say, "Oh, you know, I like this. I like this." I'm like, yeah, you're hooked now. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> like I don't I don't know how many. You know, there's more than a few people who I'll, I'll like I'll text. I'll go, "Hey." You got to join me at Dubco. And then the next thing I know it, Dave, when are you going? Dave, when are you going? Ah, mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's... I, I, I will say I'm, I'm super... I'm just going to say, to try and put into words how appreciative of that I am, Dave, and and the faith customers like yourself have in, in what we do as a team, um, it's humbling. It's, I'm so gratified by it. It's, it's, it's one of the most beautiful things that as, as there's no other way to put it as an artist, you can experience, you know, um, because, you know, every day to see these different people and to see the new people and just, and to watch them enjoy themselves for so many different reasons, whether it's an event John put together, you know, killing it with this year's Oktoberfest and everything else he does and like a whole week of Halloween, he's got planned, you know, and 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 down to the beer and then and down to even was that gonna get spooky i said we're gonna get spooky we'll get back to yeah now so (laughs) i'm all about so to (laughs) to hear a a veteran regular like yourself dave or to when i'm behind the bar see somebody that walked in for the time and says it's their first time to watch that reaction watch that true just you don't even have to say anything just to watch somebody enjoy that moment you know, those fleeting moments that we were talking about you know, before we really got going, you know, it's, it's, that's what life is for me. Like, you know, there's so much stupid shit in the world, so many disseminating views, you know, everybody, there's you know, disparaging views, I should say, you know, everybody's got shit, everybody's broken. But so in those moments, whether it's two, one beer or 15 or 15 hours, whatever it is that people are together <laughs> to enjoy themselves is really just the impetus for me to keep going you know it's it's just a very beautiful yes, thing and i i agree with that that is mm-hmm. what i feel on 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 the, the front end too and not to get too mushy i don't want to like bleh, bog down <laughs> i'm already crying it's podcast, okay <laughs> I know it's very, we have everybody people are listening to this driving and they're crashing their cars <laughs> but on the same on the same note of what john is saying like our our bar staff you know which includes john and myself and abby and brian and nick and lauren and jack and whatever like the whole crew just all people that love what they do. And when you come in, no matter who is bartending, you're going to have a great time. Everybody mm-hmm. is, is stoked to have you come in. You know, the product that we're serving is fantastic. We're trying to serve it in a way that is enjoyable to you. And, you know, it does, 
not to sound like a cliche like so hard but it really is such like, a family vibe yeah definitely. i have become genuine friends with a ton of the regulars dave and a ton of these people that come in but i see more than probably more than my wife honestly <laughs> i see these people and it's fantastic it's just such a great group of people that come in and hang out there and, you just need to bring uh, your wife down and up go more often because she's awesome <laughs> we're 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 North Shore people. You know what I mean? We don't. He told you, you got to move to the South, South Shore. Shore. That's where it's at. You should. <laughs> we don't it travel is. often that far south. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying, we love having you around, and anytime yeah. she stops by, is always a pleasure. That's all I'm saying. I know she she does love it. Actually, this this is a an interesting uh, segue. But Dave and Ryan, I don't know what Dubco beers you've had, but what are your favorite? Dubco beers and John too. I'm actually curious. Like, what is your favorite Dubco beer? Before you guys answer, I just I because I got to think about this. Is it favorite Dubco beer that? Uh, do I need to answer a favorite Dubco beer I've designed? Favorite Dubco beer Chris and I have designed together? Because there no there's there's this is not okay. an Oscar version. <laughs> just if you if one came to mind, boom. What is it? Beer. What's your First, what's your one? <laughs> the immediate thought: quadruple rainbow. Okay. First time I ever had that crazy, ridiculous quadruple bourbon barrel aged Belgian Chris design. Uh, I was still working in Oyster Bay. I got because I used to be a Thursday regular because I used to bartend Friday nights at Oyster Bay. So Thursday was my night to drink because I could sleep in on Fridays. And I had already had a couple beers at Oyster Bay. And I get down there, I had maybe three ounces. Went, this is amazing. Goodbye, everybody. And then went, what? I'm like, I'm about to turn to a pumpkin. I got to go. 14 fucking percent. Yeah. But that, that, the body, the color, the aromatics, the flavor, everything just melts so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't done it, but I intend to one day use it to cook a hot roast. I think that needs to mm-hmm. But so that, nice. the quadruple rainbow. That. Oh, and it's also my weakness. Like I, I can't drink that beer because I'll drink like five of them. Again, it's fourteen percent. Die. My answer isn't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, mine's gonna be quick because I live out in uh, Morgan Hill, California, which is about <laughs> an hour south of San Francisco, and uh, I don't know if your beer is sold out here, but uh, yeah. And I actually don't really drink that much anyway, but uh, so I'm kind of lame. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> your own, that man. Is, like, you'll find no judgment I, here. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'd be about 30 pounds lighter if I didn't drink. <laughs> but whenever I come out to visit Dave, we'll definitely go and yes. I'll be de-virginized. On the yes. Come out to visit. <laughs> make sure I know. Yeah. Of course. Fucking, we'll hang out. Sweet. Hell yeah. So, yeah. What about you, Dave? Not to take Phew. over your podcast and ask questions. Man, um, <laughs> good question. I'm kind of my uh, answer isn't quite as uh, complicated. I'm a most of the time a simple, simple drinker. Um, I love the fucking layover. It's something I could have no matter the weather. It's just strong enough. It goes down easy. Um, Sometimes got a good it. taste to it. It's, I mean, it's the perfect chill beer. It's um, it's really more of my go-to when you guys have it. It's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great, awesome. It's a great lager. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It really is. And um, 
it's on the schedule uh, either late November or early December. So don't worry, Dave, it's coming back. Okay, cool. <laughs> nice. And in <laughs> what, two, weeks, bow, uh, two weeks, two weeks, Dublin spot? My apartment. <laughs> I'm lucky because I'm I didn't even try to shoehorn this in, but just conveniently, ah. my favorite Dubco beer released this week. And it is our uh, always be cobbling cherry in the cherry. Oh, sour. I gotta give that a try. It is cherry and cinnamon sour ale, and it's just it just mm. fucks. I don't know how else to put it. It's just <laughs> a really good beer. And I'm gonna be drinking it as long as we have it, but I love it so much. Well, you know, I'm bringing it gonna be for Monday, right? Yes, I do know. I should share a calendar. <laughs> I just like to tell you things that are gonna make you smile and not make you like shit on something I like. Thank you so much. <laughs> I do that. I do that often. I think I'm just a contrarian. It's not intent. I just even no, if you I, I always laugh about it. You know I'm always you, laughing. Whenever I say something I like it, John's like Meh. If If anybody starts talking about something that I love, even my wife, I will, I'm such a contrarian. I'll be like, eh, but you know, is it that good? Like, (laughs) I almost came on the podcast, like, eh, alien? I don't know. Is it okay? It's a fine movie. (laughs) You know, but even though I love it, just because I'm such an asshole. Yeah, but I'm like the same asshole because your birthday, our birthdays are like two days apart or something, or four <laughs> days apart or something like that. That's true. Yeah, you know? that's true. And that's why, like, so my sister got married Labor Day weekend. It was a, a backyard wedding at her now mother in law's house, and she was looking for a vaccinated bartender. I immediately, immediately texted John mm-hmm. with all his years of experience, and guy fucking crushed it. Because <laughs> yeah. he knew, because oh, without having to tell time. him, he knew that when I asked for whiskey, I wanted two fingers. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you have to go big you know, at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Yelled at me for how much I tipped him before it even started. He's like, "What are you doing? This is too much." I was like, "This is how I tip at weddings. That's how you get taken care of. This is a <laughs> to wedding." Be fair, he tipped me. He tipped me two days before the wedding at work. I had the cash. He handed me cash. Care, right? He went, "This is my tip," and I went, "You. This is weird. I can't take this now. It's not going into a glass jar." You know, this is bizarre because <laughs> I had because I don't bartend every anymore, so I never know when I'm gonna have cash on me. You know, <laughs> we are. you were the customer I went to first. Every, everybody listening, if you put down a big tip right at the beginning, the bartender is gonna pay attention to you. That is that is being a customer 101. I will come to you first if oh, you yeah. drop the 20 at the beginning of the night. <laughs> I, you see, I always think back to uh, nothing segue into you know my my states of inebriation, but I always think back to when my my friend got married and I'm good I was good friends with him and good friends with his brother and at the wedding his brother's like man I'm not even buzzed like what the fuck's up with the bartender's like have you been tipped he's like yeah he's telling me he's like I've been giving him a dollar drink I'm like oh you're a dumbass <laughs> like what I'm like. The second the cocktail hour started, I went up to the bartender. I ordered my drink and I said, are you going to be the same bartender I have when we go to the reception? And he said, yes. And I put $30 in the tip cup. <laughs> and so every seven and seven, the ratio just kept changing. <laughs> and I went, thank God my car's at home. And that's all I have to say about that. So, you know, you know, well, you know the, it's it's a weird disparity where there are people that know how to tip and people that just don't. Isn't that really a? Oh yeah, that's um. Yeah, we could uh. We don't want to get too much uh, digression that too much, but uh. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, yeah, you know, it's just yeah. It, uh-huh. 
And so also, get a by little... the way, Ryan, like Michael Fassbender staring at me when I'm looking at the screen has really been freaking me this out. This whole time. Like, <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable with that. Like, you want me to change that? I can change it. <laughs> I don't know. I just, just, I, you know, if I wake up tomorrow and in sweats from a nightmare of like Michael yeah. Fassbender's android, because my overactor brain, like, he's gonna like try and kill me in my sleep. You're all putting my you head know? in front. There we go. Now it looks like I'm, <laughs> I'm combing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> the trick oh, William Potter is not minding that it hurts <laughs> that's awesome so screen cap that yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess it's be more for you uh, uh, John one or whatever um, Brewer John um, okay. what, what goes into the the art, the science of brewing a beer. I know there's right, different so, types, but just like the general, you know, like what goes into it? So the first time, uh, I always say this, the first time you brew a beer is art, the second time you brew the beer is the science. So uh, my approach to writing a recipe has always been akin to my approach to any, like whether I'm uh, doing, you know, if I want to make like, the first time I made alavaca sauce, right? Mm-hmm. I went online and I pulled up five or six different alabaca sauce recipes and I uh, I pulled the unifying facts from those, the unifying theories from those, and then tried to give my own riff. Uh, and so for beer recipe creation has, has been a mix. It, um, I'm a, t- I'm a hands on learner, you know, uh, throw me, throw me at something and just, doing that and I learned that and um, so part of it was from brewing other recipes and going oh well I use this and that happens I use that and this happens and so on and so forth mm-hmm. and then you get to a point where you have an idea where it's like cooking you you have a, a kind of a baseline where you have an idea when you're throwing something together how it's going to play out mm-hmm. and have that with a background where I almost went to culinary school you know I bake oh, okay yeah um, I just love food in general. I always make the joke. I was, you know, with my genetic heritage, I was born for two things to grow hair and eat food. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, and, you know, you, 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 you just find that baseline of, all right, if I use these hops in this grain, this is going to be the profile. And then, oh, this yeast with that is going to give these esters and, and bring it all together, you know, uh, and you go from there. And then it's all, and then once you do that, it's all about notation. Notation mm-hmm. is the most important thing. You know, the first time you write a recipe, it's like, all right, you know, like I think it's going to be this strong. And then you brew it and, you know, the efficiency on that particular grain is different. And it's like, so I was going for this strong, but it's this strong. Mm-hmm. All right. But all right, and then, you know, you, you, you know, the different variables, your temperatures, the specific, not even the type of grain, but specifically the producer of that grain, because that's also going to have a, a difference on your efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a producer of grain in New York State that unfortunately went out earlier this year, and it, which kills us because their grain was phenomenal. The price was great, and we actually had to start using less material in our recipes because of how efficient it was. Mm-hmm. So there was a couple of batches of one beer. I'm not going to name it, you know, for various reasons. It's like, well, we're saying it's this strong, but it's really this strong. <laughs> um, and that was just because of how efficient 
mm-hmm. Maine was. And compared to out of state or even out of country producers, we use Canadian malts, we use British malts, German malts, and for various different reasons, um, different uh, mouthfeel flavor profiles you're going for based off of those those ingredients. So, yeah, it all ties together. It, you know, brewing it, to me is is like making a stew. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, literally, I think of the uh, in that thing you do when they get their first manager and he talks about stew. Like that's the best description for it. You got to bring this together and you got to bring that together, and then you know, and then it's it's not just the guy brewing it, but it's also the guy managing it once it's in the cellar, which is you know, hot side is your brew day, cellar side is as it's fermenting and or conditioning and then mm-hmm. whatever else you're adding to it and getting ready to package and then packaging. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's, 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 you know, people look at the guy in the fruit deck and say, Oh, well you did everything. Well, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Nothing without the team mm-hmm. and everybody, it's all about all of us focusing on from day one to day three to day 14 or however long it takes for that particular beer be done and packaged but uh, again like i said it's 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 experience it's having an idea of what what you're really looking for and notation mm-hmm. you know and that i mean that's but that's science you know you have a you have the hypothesis or the theory and then execution the x variable and so on and so forth and just right. keeping track of all of that you know uh i like to quote two different things when it comes to brewing um first you know peter venkman back off man i'm a scientist <laughs> and secondly, Elton John. All that science I don't understand. It's just my job five days a week. You know, and uh, this is the kind of thing where I'm always going to be learning. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. very, very, very fortunate to have a lot of wonderful teachers in my life mm-hmm. and uh, just other brewers that I've become friendly with to, to bounce ideas off and riff off of. Because admittedly, the science isn't my strongest point. I always look at myself as more of a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand and learn because of doing the, you know, going through those motions. Yeah. Um, but again, I get to create for a living. So no matter what happens, I'm just very lucky. So yeah. you're saying That's you're awesome. more like an engineer. Nope. Hmm. Nope. <laughs> I will never say an engineer. <laughs> okay. Because forget the reference to the alien, which I like. Darn it. Spun that. I thought that was going to be so good. No, I like the way you spun that, <laughs> I thought but I thought fuck engineers. <laughs> <laughs> They're always changing shit that doesn't need to be changed. <laughs> fuck engineers. Just saying. And then, you know, the, the cool thing is at the end of the day, on my end, like you guys do all that. And then we, as the bar staff, get to just be the rock stars that pour it <laughs> and we didn't do anything we just we did nothing but john you got to give yourself credit because this guy also makes amazing cocktails all right mm. so yeah, with well, different yeah, events actually, and different oh, yeah, beer cocktails. thank you so with the, the diff- like some of the best well, lunches i've ever had on the job are when john was playing around with beer cocktails all right mm-hmm. probably should not have played with chemicals after the fact but we had some <laughs> great lunches i'm just saying whether it's whether it's he's coming up with it's it's the same when i worked in uh when i worked in cocktail bars as well it's the same thing it's like the kitchen like the guys in the back the cooks the head chef all these people are are doing amazing things and then Mm -hmm. i bring that food to their table and i put on their table and i'm like 
all cool. Like I'm the <laughs> the slash, so to speak, of this, you know, this thing. You know, like I'm the Billy Corgan. I'm the one that gets to be like, boom, <laughs> there it is. What's up? Like, <laughs> and <laughs> in the same in the cocktail world, in the brewing world, like the people in the back are doing all of the work, are making these incredible things. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for me at Dubco because of what John and, and all the other guys are doing. They're making incredible beer. And I get to just be like, oh, hey, what's up? Um, you should try that. And I get to smirk at them and wink and this and that. <laughs> and then I get to be the, the cool like rock star guy. And I don't really do anything. You know, like I just keep the bar staff in, in check. And which is fun when, when John actually works behind the bar. And him mm-hmm. and I behind the bar because it gets to be like, oh, that's actually the guy that made it. It's not just uh, <laughs> us just pouring something. So it's um, it's fun. On our end, we do the like professional front and we give you the product and we talk about it, you know, as much knowledge as we can. But it is a funny dichotomy. I think mm-hmm. that, like the people actually doing it that actually like kick ass are like <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes that's how we prefer it. You know, I, I mean, because for me, bartending is a mask. So what most people that come to Dubco don't understand is I'm an introvert, very much so. I I have so much social anxiety, but people don't believe that when they see me at Dubco or they find out that I was a singer in a band or you published a book of poetry, did a poetry reading. I was so fucking drunk at that reading. It's not even funny. (laughs) That next day at work was the worst day I've had in like two years as a brewer. I, I want to die, okay? Um, because I had so much anxiety. And I only did I only did that reading at Dubco because everyone's like, uh, okay, sure. But I'm very fortunate, you know, because so when you come to Dubco, it's it's not like, I mean, it's you're in my kitchen, you know? So if you're in my kitchen, that means you're in my safe space. You're in my house, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm able to be more comfortable there. So when I go out and about and going back to what I was saying earlier, being recognized as, you know, a big dubco or, you know, uh, that's why it's so weird to me. Cause I'm like, I'm out in the world. Like I'm trying to get a Nick sandwich, bro. I'm at the deli. Like, <laughs> I mean, I love the fact that you love what I'm doing. Like, this is weird. I'm not cool with this. Cause I just, <laughs> I'm just a dude who's very, very, very lucky that gets to do what they love for a living. Um, and I will never, ever underplay that. I'm mm-hmm. right. We are, yeah. We're just crushing over there. Like what you and Jimmy and Bill and, and you know the guys in the back are doing. It's just like it's so sick. We make great beer. I get to give people that beer. It's just uh, it's very cool to work in this tiny little microcosm of just something that exists just to make people happy and excited. And it's it's so rad, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, obviously, such a I'm good thing. I'm spoiled how uh, close proximity I live, but if I need to get out of the apartment, something to do, I'll walk across the street. <laughs> and, um, I'll join you guys for an hour, hour and a half, or whatever to kill. I'll have a great time. Okay, bye bye. It's like my second home, you know. Again, not right. to get too mushy but between you guys and the whole other group of friends i have like i always joke with my uh uh my best friend nick who i turned over to to to, to you guys uh mm-hmm. part of the uh, addiction 
<laughs> like if you would have told me four years ago, you know, your next group of friends in your life will be met at a brewery. I'm like, the fuck, go put on a straight jacket. What are you? <laughs> now, oh, I I can't imagine, now I can't imagine not being around you guys. We're all of like mind between, you know, sci-fi, horror stuff, uh, oh, yeah. gaming. Um, we're all from different backgrounds and, you know, it's crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. and you've been such a big part of the last, you know, four years for me. It's, you know, it's kind of cool coming full circle. And now we're all talking on a podcast that I started. It's, it's, it's surreal and awesome at the same time. You know? <laughs> going it's back cool. to what, going to, to riff off of what you're saying, and what John's saying about the microcosm of that, this is what life should be about. Mm-hmm. simple right. interactions of mm-hmm. of, ev- of people just getting together and this is why you know i like i said i was a barstool double go before i started working there and back when i reached the barstool was when i found out that john halter i can literally see his house from my fucking <laughs> my apartment all right and he's one of my really good friends and i go to his house and we watch star trek on thursdays normally when you know there's new episodes we crack gears why not and bullshit and and that's it and it's great mm-hmm. and and to Again, to the whole point of, of, of this just interaction of life and how simple it should be just to people enjoying people, you know, mm-hmm. to watch all these different faces come in over time or right from the beginning and just become this conglomeration of just people enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That to me is, is, is the Which is, it's goal. funny. It's funny that you say that because this is the first time, like, I actually feel like I'm back in the pandemic. Being on this, oh, yeah. on this, Zoom right now. this yeah. is the first time I feel like, oh, I don't have a job. I'm unemployed right now. I mean, it's not related, but it's wild just seeing a bunch of faces on a, on a Zoom screen. Zoom definitely on a corporate level did really well for like a really short period. Of time. Yes. Oh, yeah. It yeah. has to be. Yeah. It has to just be absolutely just dropping. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To your point, John, there were, a bunch of, there were a bunch of other Dubco regulars that used to do. Yep, that used to be Friday regulars when I used to always I used to always be behind the bar Friday night with my assistant brewer Jimmy. Yeah, we had a lot of regulars that would always come in, and when we were busy, they knew that they were getting whatever I decided to pour for them, mm-hmm. and then it became a game to, for them to try and figure out what I gave them. Um, but you know, early on in the pandemic, you know, not knowing how the world was going to be, Jimmy was furloughed, and it was just Chris, the owner, and myself, like 80 to 100 hours a week, just drinking earlier and earlier every day. And so they would keep mm-hmm. sending me these Zoom requests for this. There'd be like 8, 10, 15 different people in this Zoom meeting on a Friday night. And the first and last time I ever did it, I was sitting exactly where I am on the couch. And they were all yelling at me. For some reason, all of my cabinets were opening behind me. <laughs> and I remember at that point, I already had like two weed gummies. And they finally get me to go on this <laughs> thing. And now I'm drinking whiskey and I'm just slowly just going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so i'm just having like weird flashbacks to that over a year ago (laughs) well dave how long have you been going to dubco are you like og like i know no nothing um, outside of a year ago no i've been going to god i moved here january 2018 yeah that sounds about right was it 17 I think 2018, and it was actually my buddy, uh, Nick, he was helping me move. I was getting out of a, uh, a good relationship, uh, and it ended terribly, and he was helping. He was nice. He was helping me move. So I'm sitting there. I'm unpacking. He messages me. He goes, 
dude, you know you live across the street from a microbrewery. I'm like, I fucking what? From a what? He's <laughs> like, I thought that was a selling point. I'm like, I had no idea. I just had to get the fuck out of there. So he sends him the link. I'm like, all right. So it was a few weeks later. I was still settling out, studying a new job. Uh, you know, I'm moving. Everything settled in. And I'm like, I need a motherfucking drink. <laughs> so I walk across the street. You know, I'm like, where the fuck is this place? I'm like, oh, there it is. There's the known destination. I'm like, all right. So I walk in, I'm like, I don't know how good it is, but whatever, across the street. So I grab a flight, I go, I'll go up to the, there's a second level. I don't want to be fucking bothered. I was going through it. I'm like, let me just have this flight. Fuck everything. So I'm like, all right. And I usually hate IPAs. I'm like, this IPA is actually pretty good. I'm like, all right. Okay. I'm like, all right. Had a flight. And I think I probably went home afterwards. And then when, you know, the, another week, I'm like, you know what? That was pretty good. I need to get out of the apartment. I'm like, fuck this. Go across the street. Go across the street. (laughs) And then I started, and then Nick started joining me. And um, yeah, I would say, I think about three years, I think. Because I mean, yeah. I met you not That's long awesome. after we started opening Mondays. Yeah. Because I yeah, was your was in... Monday night bartender at Dubco. Yeah. And that was and... 2018, right? Yep. Because I yeah, started March yeah. of 18. Yeah. 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 It's one, wow. obviously. That's a whole you know... different world for me. Yeah. 2018, I am managing the Paramount the South Shore. Is, I've never even heard of the South Shore. It's a whole different <laughs> world. It's it's so wild. You heard of Puerto Rico, lived in Puerto Rico, but didn't know what the South Shore of Long Island was. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That was my whole experience. Everybody I knew from the South Shore of Long Island was in Puerto Rico. That's how I met all of them. <laughs> that's great. I uh, yeah, I love I love what the whole vibe of of Dubco is. I like that when I came in to bartend there, all of the regulars precluded me, and they were all so nice to me, yourself included, Dave. Just everybody just super good, dude. They're like, "What are you about?" Um, okay, you're fine, John. You're fine. You can pass <laughs> the test. You know, you can you can be one of us. And anyway, everybody was very welcoming. One of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh. I don't know. It's 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 great. I, I just like I love being a part of it. It's such a good vibe. It's mm. a good blue collar fucking vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you yeah, came yeah. with the best recommendation ever from Choose. Yeah. He, yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I just went in. This fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> showed up. I had never. I had only had one Dubco beer before I started working there. I had. had I know what beer that is. SOS Pina Colada. <laughs> and I hate that. Because <laughs> coconut. I that was the only beer I'd ever had from Dubco because it was a it was a high beer as they say, and I went to Coastal to visit my buddy Bill who worked with me at Paramount, and I had a an SOS pina colada. So I was like, yeah, that beer fucking it slaps as the kids say, <laughs> it slaps. And uh, and then you what know, does that even mean? A couple of years later, I started. I don't know, it's, but it fucking slaps. And then I started working there a couple of years later and. Great. <laughs> well, I think that slapping is also a good part to uh to, I think I think to wrap this up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Much like um Alien and Aliens and you two guys and working, that was a nice podcast partnered. Park Brewery. Well done, everybody. <laughs> um well thank you for having us, guys. Of course, seriously, you guys was, uh is you guys have fun? Great time. No, yeah. I mean, I've been laughing the entire time we've been doing this. 
You guys that are awesome. Say how I feel yeah. about this. I don't know what does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said I always call call our alien podcast the uh, the uh, craft brewery of alien podcast. So this was <laughs> coming full circle. Anything you guys want to pimp out, shout out, uh, shout out. If you guys want to shout out the website, whatever. Just go, 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 go. <laughs> the Instagram, do your thing. <laughs> Oh, John, am I going? John, oh, right. I don't know. Either either you, <laughs> we're not, <shit>. you know. <laughs> uh, I thoroughly appreciate I... the hype line. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I love being part of the group on Facebook and watching all the shit that gets posted. It's just, it's no, I mean, my fancy bone, you know, my funny bone, fancy bone, fancy bone. What am I even saying? Whiskey. What I can tell you, whiskey. Yeah. Shout out the. I mentioned out the Dubco website and the Dubco Instagram if you want to oh, where to follow uh, you guys. Yeah. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, okay, so I, you know, I mean, if you want to keep an eye on whatever crazy beers we're doing or awesome <laughs> events John's throwing at the brewery, uh, you can follow us on, you know, Destination Unknown. Uh, was it Destination? Uh, it Dubco NY.com or is it Destination? I don't even know anymore. I just, I just this is why Dubco I didn't on say anything because I'm bad at social media. <laughs> I I think is I'm it, bad at social it, media. I, again, I post pictures I of my know. dog and it, beer. It's just uh, and Dubco some posts. with a uh, just Dubco. Dubco's Instagram. Dubco. I'll post links. It's Dubco underscore. Is yeah. Yes, Dubco underscore. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Very yeah, important because yeah. if you yeah. don't do the underscore, it's like a photography thing or something. Oh, oh. God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the website yeah, is destinationunknownbeercompany.com. Yes. Yeah, find us there. Um, I That was painful because I'm bad at social media, so I don't even it's all right. know. But find us where Dave just told you to find us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very social media savvy. If you ever guys ever want someone to run your Twitter account. Oh, yeah. Got you. <laughs> yes. Twitter. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Thank you guys for having us. I, I don't no, of fun. course. Thank you guys for uh, thank you guys for joining. Um, yeah, thank you. Absolute yes, pleasure. That was that was a good time. As always, check out our stuff on um, the Facebook group, um, the Twitter is Xenomorphing four two six, the the regular Facebook page, the blog, all our sister and brother shows over at uh, Studio Tani, Perfect Organism, World of Tomorrow. Um, yeah, but well, that's it. Hope you enjoyed the nerd and beard talk. Uh, have a good <laughs> one, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Cheers. <laughs>